to episode 20 of the Burning Bush podcast, where we share the message of the Bible while enjoying a good cigar. Hope everybody's week is going well. Uh, We're in the middle of a summer heat wave here in Southern California. It's been over 100 degrees the last few days, so I'm out here in the garage recording this and sweating. (laughs) So anyway, hope everybody's uh, week is going well and you're staying a little less sweaty than I am. So this week I'm smoking the Perdomo Small Batch 2005 Maduro. It's an excellent cigar, one of my favorites from Perdomo, and I have a few. Um, Like I said before in one of the earlier podcasts, uh, Nick Perdomo and his team, they just, I mean, they just make excellent cigars. It's a a great, great company, and uh, I don't think I've ever smoked anything that I haven't enjoyed. So I highly recommend all the Perdomo cigars. It's a great product, always a great smoke, and uh, they've never let me down. So let me go ahead and head on over to their website, and I'll read the general description first of uh, all this, the uh, small batch cigars because they have a, a Connecticut, a Sun Grown, and a Maduro. So the uh, general description says the Perdomo small batch series is a stunning line of premium cigars blended with bourbon barrel-aged wrappers and exquisite 10-year-aged filler tobaccos. Each Perdomo Small Batch Series cigar is carefully handmade with smaller tobacco leaves that have the perfect balance of flavor, strength, and aroma. With a limited production, the Perdomo Small Batch Series is offered in three blends, an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, a Cuban Seed Nicaraguan Sun-Grown Wrapper, or a Cuban Seed Nicaraguan Maduro Wrapper. And then further down the website, uh, at the Maduro section, it says, The Perdomo Small Batch Series Maduro showcases dark bourbon barrel-aged Cuban Seed Nicaraguan Maduro wrappers, which blend perfectly with the 10-year-aged Cuban Seed Nicaraguan filler tobaccos, offering a sweet complexity with slight hints of dark cocoa and coffee on the finish. And the wrapper is a Nicaraguan Maduro. The binder and filler are both Cuban seed Nicaraguan. Strength is medium to full bodied. Finish is hints of oak and espresso. Taste is rich and sweet. And they suggest pairing it with red wine. And the sizes are half Corona, four by 46, Rothschild, which is a four and a half by 50, Bellicoso, five by 54, and the Toro Especial, which I guess you guessed it right, I'm smoking, five and a half by 54. So that is their information from the Perdomo website on the Small Batch 2005 Maduro, which I'll have linked up for you in the notes. And now that we've taken care of that, let's go ahead and continue with Mike Heiser's book, What Does God Want? We're finishing up chapter 5 this week with the uh, final section in chapter 5 entitled, You've Got No Business Being Here. The implication is that the resurrection and Jesus' return to heaven meant that the authority of the rebel sons of God was now null and void. They no longer had legitimate dominion over the people in those nations. Salvation was not just for Israelites, Jews, even though the Messiah was a descendant of Abraham and David. 
Jesus was the Messiah for everyone and rightful Lord of every nation. The resurrection, ascension, and coming of the Spirit marked the beginning of the end for the fallen sons of God. They had lost their legitimacy. This is why the New Testament associates the resurrection and ascension with the defeat of the supernatural powers of darkness. When God raised Jesus from the dead, Colossians 2.12, our sins were not only forgiven, Colossians 2.13-14, but he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him, Colossians 2.15. Recall that rulers and authorities are terms Paul uses of the supernatural fallen sons of God, who became the evil gods of the nations in the Old Testament times. Romans 8.38, 1 Corinthians 15.24, Ephesians 1.21-2-2-3.10-6.12, and Colossians 1.13. The rulers and authorities is a favorite expression of the Apostle Paul to describe the defeated powers of darkness. After he rose from the dead, Jesus went into heaven and is at the right hand of God with, with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. 1 Peter 3.22 When God raised Jesus and seated him at his right hand, Jesus was placed far above the rulers, authorities, and powers, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Ephesians 1, 20-21 In that age to come, Jesus will deliver the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every ruler, authority, and power. 1 Corinthians 15, 24 Paul saw the resurrection and ascension as marking the beginning of the end for the fallen sons of God, that had been allotted to the nations. It's no surprise, then, that he also linked that thought with the salvation of Gentiles, the people of the forsaken nations. The resurrected Jesus and the Spirit would release the Gentiles from dark powers who enslaved and abused them. Psalm 82, 2-5 Recall that God had appeared to Abraham right after dividing the nations at Babel. He told Abraham that through him and his descendants, all those nations would one day be blessed. Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, knew that promise well. He wrote that Jesus had confirmed the promises given to Abraham and his descendants in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. Romans 15, 8 and 9. Paul wasn't done there. He was fond of quoting the Old Testament to show that God never gave up on the Gentile nations. He had wanted them in his family all along. Paul knew that the Messiah, called the Root of Jesse in the Old Testament, Jesse was King David's father, would arise to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. Isaiah 11 verse 10. Paul knew that the forsaken nations would one day worship the true God. Psalm 117, verse 1. This program, a campaign of spiritual warfare, 
was launched when the Spirit came and 3,000 people believed in Jesus. Acts 2. Those new believers went back to their home countries. The gospel of Jesus infiltrated the nations under dominion of hostile supernatural powers. The Bible refers to this as the growth of the kingdom of God. As people turned from the corrupt, evil gods that could not offer them everlasting life and become members in God's family, God's kingdom grows. One kingdom diminishes, the other expands. The kingdom of God is therefore already here in some sense, but not completely here in another. Not a moment goes by that God stops pursuing the children he loves and wants. His unseen hand is everywhere, in every circumstance, influencing and empowering his children to grow his family. One day God's plan will reach its peak. Everything will come full circle. The end of the story will be the one its author had in mind all along. And that finishes chapter 5 with the uh, section entitled, You've Got No Business Being Here. And next week we'll start up with chapter 6. And uh, as I always say, I hope you'll take advantage of all the links in the show notes. Check out Mike Heiser's books as well as... Uh, Steve Wiggins' new ministry, Groundworks Ministries, for daily Bible study. So there's lots of things in the show notes to take a look at. So I hope you'll take advantage of it. And uh, until next week, have a great day, have a great cigar, and God bless. Mm -hmm.